Hello and welcome to another episode of the Compile Swift podcast. I'm your host, Peter Whittem. In this podcast, we talk about everything related to Apple platforms and Apple development, including macOS, iOS, iPadOS, watchOS, tvOS, and any other OS they've invented this week. So with that, let's get on with the show. I'd like to talk a little bit about Apple's problem with release cycles and expectation, or at least the way I see it. Now, we've had the final release for Mac OS Catalina, and of course we have the ongoing upgrade patches for iOS and the other platforms. And in general, it's fair to say that the reception this year has been that there have not been smooth rollouts on any other platforms at all. And I do genuinely feel that part of that problem is, for some reason, Apple's you know determination to to stay with a calendar every year and release these you know in the fall we know we, we get the newer OS releases and they're normally announced in WWDC earlier in the year and of course they fall in line with hardware and that's another thing too the, the yearly release of hardware and I feel that at this point Apple needs to just be honest and say you know what we can't meet our own timelines because they're unrealistic to begin with Right? We see features being dropped out and then brought back in in point one releases. And you know sometimes, let's be honest, those OSs, they're released and they're clearly not ready. And all of this, despite the fact that we now have what is a very good idea, and Apple does these public betas, right? Let's be honest, the point of a public beta is to get as much feedback in as you can uh, be it from logs or reviews or whatever it may be, reports, and to make those releases more solid. Well, it's clearly not working. Or maybe maybe it is working, but Apple knows there's just no way they're going to meet these release cycles and fix all of these, you know, at least the major problems. Of course, there's always going to be minor issues, but at least the major problems should be fixed before any kind of mass rollout. So what's the answer here? Well, I think it's quite clear. I think that what, at least in my opinion, I should say it's quite clear. I think what would be best was if Apple was to just look at it and say, you know what, we're going to do with our software like we do with our devices, right? We get the iPhone whatever version, and then the following year we get the S version, which is kind of an updated release. Well, I think it would be sensible to do the same with the software, right? Why don't we have... On one year, we have a, you know, feature release, a major release, as it were, and then every other year is more of a minor bug fix. Right? I I do remember, you know, that year that Apple turned around and said, "Hey, you know, iOS this year is going to be all about hunting down the bugs," and it worked wonderfully. So I think it's time for this to be adopted across all the platforms, especially for Mac OS. I think that. It needs to have, you know, we just need to kill off this yearly expectation and yearly demand that Apple puts on itself and its engineers to say every year we need to release a new major version because it's just not working out anymore. But maybe you can do that every other year and have a, you know, maintenance release in between. And I think that would work out great. And it would also give a more stable platform for the feature development for the following year. Now, will Apple do this? I don't know. Seems unlikely, right? Because clearly part of the problem here that Apple has to deal with is the the demand for 
sales, right? You've got to satisfy the the stock price. And that's part of the problem too, is got to keep that stock price going up or at least maintain it, right? But in the meantime, you know, you see the sales figures dropping slightly and that, that doesn't mean there's a problem because they're crazy high to begin with. But the problem is that you just can't sustain that kind of growth. And the only way you're going to try to sustain that growth is by shipping things even before they're ready, which, you know, let's be honest, Apple was always great at saying we'll ship something when it's ready. That is clearly not the case anymore. You know, if there's uh, one prime example, it would have to be the Samsung release of the phone with the foldable screen. You know, clearly they wanted to be the first to market, but at the same time, it was, you know, arguably a disaster. So, you know, Apple needs to do the right thing and they need to release things when they're ready instead of just rushing them out there to beat a competitor. Time for a break. Break time over. Something else I wanted to talk about this week is adapting pre-existing apps to support dark mode in iOS. That's something that my developers and I have been looking at. And, you know, whilst Xcode has some great tools to help you work with dark mode, it became very apparent to us very quickly that there's an awful lot of work involved when it comes to, you know, transitioning your current code base and your current views to supporting dark mode. You know, it can be a very mixed bag. You may find that some parts of your application, because you didn't really adjust the color set or any kind of fancy theming to the UI, it just naturally works nicely with dark mode. But more often than not, I'm betting your experience is going to be that there's going to be at least some portions of the application that are just going to look horrible in dark mode because you, you know, you put in place custom colors and, you know, you're at least going to have to adjust the graphics. I'm betting that, you know, you've got some, maybe some graphics that have a white background, but they look fine in, in the normal light mode. But when you switch to dark mode, they look horrible. Or maybe you've used some PNGs or something like that that have a transparent background, but you're going to find that the, you know, the color sets for a sale, even something like a logo or some branding, they're just not going to blend well in dark mode. Either you won't see them at all, or it's just going to, you know, it's going to look really weird, something like that. So I'm going to urge you all now to, you know, really start looking at adapting to dark mode because I'm pretty sure by next year Apple is going to be saying, you know, you've got to have a light and dark mode support in your applications to get them in the store. I'm pretty sure that's going to weigh the way it's going to go eventually because, you know, that's kind of what Apple does and arguably it's the right thing to do. Users love dark mode. That's why it's there. So, you know, if you don't want to get bad reviews and one-star reviews or you don't want to have any problems, you've really got to think about supporting dark mode now or at least coming up with the transition plan to work towards getting that in place. So one way you could do that is to take the time, and it's a little unfortunate, but to say I need to go through everything in the application and write out a list or create JIRA tickets or, you know, whatever your system is that you have. And you really need to document all the things you need to do now. And maybe you need to work them on them over time or, you know, you need to, if you're part of a team, you need to say, okay, we just need to work on a release for dark mode support, something like that. But either way, you're going to have to do it at some point. So you might as well start embracing the pain now and getting it out of the way. 
So I think that's it for this episode. You know, I want to keep this one short, but I really wanted to get those two topics out there because they've sort of been playing on my mind a little bit, you know, in between the last podcast and this one. Um, you know, this one took a, a little longer to get out than usual because I've actually been a guest panelist on some other podcasts. And I want to give a shout out to iFreaks, which I appeared on. is a great podcast. I hope you get to do more episodes on there and you should certainly check that out. Well, I hope this episode has been helpful. You know, please feel free to like, subscribe, leave comments. I, reviews would greatly help the podcast. The playback numbers have been just they continue to blow me away. I just really appreciate every single listener. But uh, reviews would help more, and it tells me that I'm doing the right thing and that you want more of it. So with that, I will leave it there. Please feel free to go to compileswift.com forward slash contact if you want to discuss anything in this episode or any other episodes, or you have questions or topics that you'd like me to cover in the future. Um, I'm also starting to think about you know having guest appearances on this uh, this podcast as well and that's something that I'm feeling more comfortable with now that I have appeared on some other podcasts so if that's something you might be interested in then please let me know and either way like I say compileswift.com forward slash contact and of course on twitter at compileswift you know all the usual places just look for compileswift that's probably me with that I'll speak to you in the next episode